It seems to me that his world words. <clears throat> it seems to me that his words travel well to all men in all times. I will give you an example: the Luftwaffe and their hairdos. During the Blitz, the Luftwaffe took off from the Guernsey, off from Guernsey, and joined in with the big bombers on their way to London. They only flew at night, so their days were their own to spend in St. Peter Port as they liked. And how did they spend them? In beauty parlours, having their nails buffed, their faces massaged, their eyebrows shaped, their hair waved and coiffed. When I saw them in their hairnets, walking five abreast down the street, elbowing islanders off the pavement, I thought of Seneca's words about the Praetorian Guard. He'd written, Who of those would not rather see Rome disordered than his hair? We're doing fine, I'm doing fine. Welcome to We're Doing Fine Book Club Edition. This month we read The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Annie Barrows and Mary Ann Schaffer. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I had to remember I a long here. title, can't remember two whole author names. Yeah, I know, I read. Yes, no, I am here, I am live on this episode with Lisa, but I am from, not <gasps> from Scotland. What? I am in... England. I'm oh, in London. How dare! I'm here. You're from not the... broadcast from your mother country. <laughs> I know it's terrible. So I'm currently sitting in a hotel room, absolutely shattered because I was up at four a.m. So apologies if I'm not the usual emotive, book-loving cell. Robbie and I are recording at some weird times lately, just to make up for <laughs> the fact that he's traveling. I'm on holiday, mostly the latter, but. It's all good. But we, we we may do. We're doing fine. Yes. So about the book. book about a, the book. Yeah. I mean, it's also appropriate that you're coming from London, right? Because that's where a lot of the action happens. Yes. Yes. So the book is about Juliet Ashton. Mm-hmm. Um, she good is name. a writer. Yeah, it's a good name, isn't it? She's a writer. She was known for her comic writing that she did during World War II. And after the war, she decided she wanted to write more um, serious literature. So she starts to get in touch with... I can't remember how she finds out about them. So she receives a letter from Darcy Adams. That's right, Darcy Adams. Because he had one of her books. Yes, he bought a second-hand book and it had her name in it. Mm-hmm. So she, he wrote her a letter asking for more books because they can't get them on Guernsey. And he mentions the uh, Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society and that sparks her curiosity so she embarks on a literary a letter exchange Mm -hmm. with the people of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society she gets to know them, they become friends, she visits things happen Mm -hmm. and I will stop there for anyone that has not read the book this yes. is your chance. Go off, read the book, and come back to us. Or listen to it. It's eight hours. Spoiler. Yeah. But from here on out, there will be spoilers. And yeah. So don't do not do that. If, you, if you've not read it, don't listen to this. Yeah. And the timestamp is now for spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> she um, adopts the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all left there love. quickly. Um, <laughs> 
All right, let's start with the big thing that you and I both, I mean, right off the bat, something you notice because it uses epistolary format. We had a very long comment from Jenna, a fellow English major. So I'm going to read it to you and then we okay. can discuss our own thoughts. And okay. thank you, Jenna. I love it. And I also love that you call it the potato book because I agree. Um, <laughs> and also, yes, I totally agree. This book club meeting is like the only way I get out my English majorness. It's fantastic. Good, good, like steam valve. All right, Jenna says, I have no objection to the format. The Yellow Wallpaper is one of my favorite short stories, and I think it's mandatory that I like the format as a Christian because since half the New Testament is letters. However, I find it can sometimes be problematic when it comes to relating to events by the nature of the format. We're not in the action. The action is being related to us, which can sometimes make for a passive read. The alternative is to have the letter writer relay the events as a narrative of their own creation, but this begs to question who the hell writes letters like that and can sometimes step on the toes of the reader's willing suspension of disbelief. How did you feel the potato book pulled off epistolary prose? Were there any times you felt it stretched the format? Was it perfect as is? And did the time period post-World War II and pre-internet help with the believability of the longer, more narratively structured letters? It's a lot to think about. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I felt so disconnected. Like, the entire time, I just wanted to watch the book so I could see it happen as it happened. Yeah. But, like, I totally get what she means where it, having it relayed to you by another character is that I just, it, it just frustrated me because I wanted to see this happen. Yeah. But all we get told is about what you like. Perfect example when is it, is it Mark? Mark someone tries to propose to her, but all we get yeah. is meet me at the Suzette for for dinner, and then the next letter is you may not have noticed, but all I asked for was time. I need time to think about it, and I was like, I what want happened? to see that proposal. This was a huge dramatic point. Yeah, like, it just frustrated me that we were getting it second hand, you know? It's like when somebody's like, oh, you should have been there. Yeah. I should have been there. I should have, yeah, we as the reader should have been there. And, like, I get it, and it also leaves a little bit more, like, suspension, but I think for me it wasn't enough. If you're not going to involve me, I at least want, you know, I want a report of someone. I want that skeevy skeevy reporter reporting that Juliet, you know, ruins another man or something. Yeah, like, I want yeah, a recounting like I want news of clippings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of these yeah. big events because that, that does keep happening, like with the drive over. Oh, Mark, Mark convinced me as much as he could that I should not go to Guernsey and he employed everything in his, you know, measure, whatever. I'm trying to sound British. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, no, I want to I wanna be in the car with them as they're having that, like, spat. And then he'll yeah. be like, all right, darling, come on. You got to stay with me. So that's Remember, he's American. Oh, right. We used to talk sounds, different, and he's from New York. Sounds exactly the same as your British. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a bit more Bodville. Get with right. the program, Robbie. Sorry, apologies. But yeah. No, high society yeah. Americans and British people sound shockingly the same. Um, going back to Jenna's point, I also kind of understand what she means about how like 
sometimes the letters went on a bit too much to then believe that they were letters. Like, you know, I found myself being like, nobody writes like this. Like, even back then, nobody yeah. writes like that. Like, yeah, like, it, it was a bit much, but I do think it was a bit more... Per- like, I was willing to sp- suspend my disbelief on people writing that letter. The minute that I was just like, uh-uh, was when she was like, I'm hand-copying all of these letters yes. from my friends so that you're in the know also. <laughs> no one would do that. Who has the time? Yeah. <laughs> she's also, like, like your point, wrist. She's... Your poor wrist. <laughs> Carpal tunnel, Juliet. Carpal tunnel. How is she having time? To do any of the things she talks about if she's copying letters. And those are <laughs> all long letters. Very long letters. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah, that one got me. I just can't, yeah, no, like, I'm like, at that point, it's not a letter. You're sending a whole package, like. But, yeah, no, I I honestly, I don't mind the epistolary format. It didn't, it didn't ruin the book for me, but it definitely, like, especially since there's a movie, I'm very curious how they did the movie because of it. Yeah, and even from, like, the trailer, when you see Juliet go to Guernsey, I'm like, I want to see that. I'm like, is it all just voiceover? That would be miserable. Oh, God. <laughs> so gossip, girl. Okay, I'm gonna... I, I'm gonna do that thing where you have to, like, download a movie previously and then, like, watch it on my flight tomorrow because I need to, I need to watch this fucking movie. I know. Same. But, yeah, no, it's just... It, it was definitely a bit too passive for me. But it didn't ruin the book for me it didn't ruin the book it just like I didn't feel connected yeah like I felt like I felt that I missed all of the big things and it was just it hit me in the FOMO yeah and that shouldn't yeah you shouldn't get that when you're reading like a book yeah unless that was the point of it I guess all right Emma has one more longer question if we want to move away from epistolary format, or do you have more things to say about it? Jenna? Yeah. Did you say Jenna or Emma? Jenna. Right. Jenna. I think you said Emma. I was like, who's Emma? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. She says, posthumous characters. I admit that back in the day, I was fascinated with the concept, and it is still a goal of mine to create a posthumous character in one of my works. Elizabeth is the center of this story, and yet she is dead from the very start. How did the reveal of her death change how you viewed her character, if at all? And do you think she is depicted as too perfect? Is this a problem? Many people in the face of death elevate the deceased or view their life through rose-colored glasses. It's a natural, almost respectful instinct we have. Is that what's being done here, or is Elizabeth's character actually not developed? Do posthumous characters need to be as developed as other characters? I do agree that they kind of deified her in some ways, but I don't think by any means she was perfect. No, I think they were quite, I think they quite obviously highlighted her flaws. Like Adelaide Addison hated her. Yeah. And I loved that she sent letters. Yeah, oh my I gosh. Love that. <laughs> like, I'm doing this out of spite and spite alone. I do not know you. You did not ask for my correspondence, but I'm doing it. Yeah, like, I hate everyone you're talking to. Please stop. Yeah. Please don't elevate these miscreants. <laughs> um, yeah, I also like the revelation of her death, I guess. Didn't hit me that much because I think I just assumed she was dead. Yeah, as soon as they were like, she's not here, I was like, oh, oh, this yeah, is about Germany. She, yeah, was, she's, as she's soon as, 
Yeah, it's as soon as they were like, she was sent to the continent. I was like, oh, we know what happened on the continent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, I think I just took it like, as to be expected, that like, they were her friends. Of course, they were going to think she was perfect. They're raising her child. Yeah. Like, at no point did I necessarily believe them. I think that's a part of it as well, is that, like, I love an unreliable narrator. So the entire time I was reading this book, just thinking, like, I trust none of you. Exactly. I trust none of you. So, yeah, no, that was just... I mean, that and it's also just, like, every narrator in this book is unreliable in some ways. Like, yeah. Yeah. and we do have a big cast. Like, I think the person that I trust most is just Sydney. Uh, God bless Sydney. Just runs putting out one fire and then the next... Um, poor man. I really wanted Juliet to get with Sydney. Yeah, but he's a homosexual. I didn't get that for, like, a lot of it. No, not at all. But then again, back in the day, I'm assuming they were just like, he's a bachelor, uh, chronic yes, bachelor. enjoys his time alone with his friends, his male friends. Exactly. He's too busy with work. Yeah. Oh my god, is that why you sent him straight over to that boy? Oh. <gasps> I mean, probably. Oh my god, that's I mean, he's been a long time. He 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 broke his leg. Um, (laughs) for those who couldn't hear the winks, they happened. He basically just had a sexy holiday with his boy. Absolutely, that's what I hope for you, Robbie. Me too. (laughs) Sorry, Lisa, I can't record this week. I'm in Australia with my alcoholic friend. Yep, that's the code. From now on. That's that's the code (laughs) for I'm meeting someone off Tinder. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I've just realised there's a fire extinguisher, like a sprinkler, right above my bed. Hmm. It's probably a good place to have them in case you spontaneously combust. Maybe, yeah. Because I'm what? Too hot. Anyway, back to the Guernsey Literary and Potato Pie Society. But yes, posthumous characters. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I think, like, as much as they were like, Christian was a good man. Like, he's, he was still a Nazi. He was still a Nazi. I had the same thought. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it that sometimes, like, people were enlisted against, but he was still a Nazi. Yeah. He he may have helped you with your barrels of water, but he did get injured fighting in on the continent. Exactly. And as like... I said, we know what happened. On the continent. Exactly. Like, hmm. So, I don't think that they necessarily make Elizabeth too perfect. I do think she was too skilled in too many things. Like, she could just do an oil painting in an evening and yeah. make it look remarkably good. Like, hmm. But I guess, like... I I really like John Booker. Yeah, John Booker. Oh, he is such a character. I love it. I'm just impressed he drank an entire cellar of wine in a week. <laughs> Like it was more like a year, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that's I'm a lot impressed. of wine. It's a lot of wine. All right, so we have a character, or not a character. Another question. <gasps> oh my goodness, another one. This one comes from Callum. Callum asks, "Do you agree with Isola that reading good books ruins you for enjoying bad ones?" Yes, absolutely. I couldn't find anything to read for about three years after reading The Heart's Invisible Furies. No. Yeah, that book fucked me up. And yet you keep suggesting it. I want it to fuck me up again. (laughs) (laughs) I want my life ruined again. Literally. No, absolutely. Um, I think that's... 
I think that's just like I think it's a good thing though like your taste should evolve as you get older and are exposed to better and better literature like I used to love some books and I still love some books but they're not good books yeah and I also think it's like comes in waves like you'll enjoy a really good book and then you'll like recognize that other books aren't as good but then the longer that you go without that good book the more you'll become okay with not as good books and trashy books and you'll read those and then you'll find a book that goes and your standards change all over again i do like to read a good book and then i like to read complete trash because it's just like that adjustment that you need (laughs) like you read a piece of art and then you're like all right time to go to fan fiction (laughs) yes and then it just, it adjusts your expectations for the next piece of published work you do. And you're like, all right. And then sometimes if you read a bad book, you're like, oh, there's still hope. If I ever write a book, it could be published. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. <clears throat> yes. Um, Callum also asks, Juliet rejects marriage proposals from a man who is stereotypically a great catch. How would you have handled Juliet's romantic entanglement? What truly makes someone a great catch? No, I did not like him. Oh my god, he was such a patriarchal piece of shit. Like, yes, he had money, but he was also (laughs) incredibly controlling. Is that what makes him a great catch? I mean, I assume. And, like, he was romantic and he wears fancy shoes. How is he romantic? He stole tickets off of his footman or whatever to take her to, like... Like, he wasn't romantic, he was, he was just pushy. very good with his money, yeah. Yeah. Like, when she was like, do you want to come around to mine? I've got a sausage. And then he was like, wow, A sausage? Appetizing. Sounds great. Yeah. Suzette. And then she says, say please. And he said, please to see you. This is it. Oh, I was just like, you're gross. Like, you're... If a guy spoke to me like that, I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. I mean, I could also see it as like... Because, like, he introduced himself by, like, having all of those flowers sent, right? And she had to... Yeah. It was a mystery. And that was, like, cute and romantic. And she had to unravel the mystery. And then and then he, like, once you're in the wraps of someone who's, like, super charismatic and, like, seems really romantic, you don't realize how, like, terrible they are in other aspects. Or you <laughs> yeah, try your true. best to ignore them. Yeah. You're like, oh, but he's so good at... But- this other thing <laughs> not from experience um definitely from experience <laughs> but yeah no i think i think someone what makes someone a great catch is like they take care of their own shit and they actually truly care about you like <gasps> right calm down there calm down <laughs> they actually give a shit and maybe maybe cook people do that yeah weird i know right oh <laughs> don't mind me and lisa we are just uh scorned lovers <laughs> <laughs> not with each other obviously yes with each other <laughs> <laughs> if only lisa robbie didn't love men exclusively <laughs> i know i'm such a misogynist i hate women i'm just gonna isolate that audio <laughs> <laughs> you're not editing this don't worry very true all right next question i'm on a time limit so i'm like blaze shit sorry everybody yeah the time limit is i'm about to fall asleep at the strike of 7 p.m <laughs> <laughs> my eyes won't stop watering such a long day like that might have sounded sarcastic i did not mean it no, sarcastically i genuinely have been up since 4 a.m and i want to die jenna also asks what book would you present at a society meeting 
Mort Lynch and Spike Pilbury. Oh, that's a good one. Mm, I would probably I do Let's Pretend This Never Happened by Jenny Lawson. I fucking oh, love it. Never heard of it. It is, weirdly enough, because this is not a genre that I usually enjoy, but it's an autobiography. Ooh. But she's just so funny. We do love that. Yeah. So, yes. Let's Pretend This yes. Never Happened, Jenny Lawson, and Mortal Engines by Philip Reeves. Thank you for coming to our literary society. Yes. And then also another question from Adam. I had it in my head and now I forgot it. Oh, yeah. So this question comes from Adam. Thank you, Adam. What makes Guernsey the perfect location for this book? Like the the perfect subject for this book? Well, I think it has its own story to tell with everything that it went through in the war. Absolutely. Like, I learned things about World War II. Yeah. I I was just like, because I knew, like, German occupations happened on, like, you know, in France and everywhere else. But I didn't even think about, like, shit, they're on an island. They're cut from everything. But it also protects them in some ways. And then, like, the, the toke, is it the toke workers? Yeah. Fuck! I didn't know about that. Like, I knew about camps and fuck. Like, it makes sense. But I didn't. I didn't know yeah. about that. So I learned a lot about World War Two. So that was that was definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean the same. Like, yeah, I didn't even think I knew Guernsey was occupied during the war. Yeah, <sighs> and that's in that your was my country. Brain yes, it is. <clears throat> it's closer to France, though. Interesting. Yeah. Would you visit <laughs> Guernsey? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, what is there? I don't know. People like to visit islands. It was funny. I was reading it. I was reading the book. Well, I I did the I did listening, which was I liked listening to it because they did the different um, letters like from different characters in their voices. They did different. They had different actors. So I think that helped. Like it was confusing at first, being like, "Wait, who's talking? Who's talking?" I'm. There's still some like that. I was just like, oh, it took me a long time to figure them out. But yeah, I I enjoyed that aspect of the version, the audiobook version that I listened to. I'd probably visit Guernsey, but I also like just traveling about and stuff. You do. You do. I miss it. Come visit me. As soon as it's legal. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the US is on the green list. Maybe, but I wouldn't right now. We're ratchet. (laughs) <laughs> um all right so robbie who is your favorite character sydney you know what me too hey okay it's yeah, like but... it's a tie between sydney and isla for sure okay we have to talk about the ending how did you feel about it about her marrying Dossie? not even like i i didn't like that they had everything from like one point of view with like the detective journal it wasn't my favorite. I was just like, just keep... Like, I get that you needed a different format to, like, move things along more quickly. But I was just like, this all just seems... Just, it didn't fit, I think. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I get that. But then I was uncomfortable with the format of the entire novel. So it kind of <laughs> didn't impact that. I was just like, oh, great. Something else to be confused about. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that, like, we missed out on because, like, you got the feeling that there was something between Dazi and Juliet, but, like, we missed everything. Yeah. We got, like, three scenes between the two of them. Yeah. And then they're married. 
I'm like, I I needed more for that to be believable. Yeah. Even if it was just more letters between the two of them. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, because it, it, to me, it felt a bit weird that, what was her name? I, Isla? Uh, Remy? Like just, or Isla? Mm, Isla. Isla Privy? I-S-L-A. Oh, wait. Who am I thinking of? I'm just wondering if I've been... Oh, so I pronounced that in my head as Azola. Oh, in the book it's Isla. Or in the audiobook. I don't like that. Anyway, was it her <laughs> that like found all the tokens and stuff? Yeah. His effect. And I was like, where the fuck did they come from? Right? Like, even like, if it was just more letters to Sophie. Which, did Sophie ever fucking respond to any of these letters? Did we get a letter from Sophie? I was like, where is this bitch? Yeah, I think we get... Yeah, because, like, you hear from her quite a lot at the start. Mm-hmm. From Scotland. But, yeah, not much after that. Like, I get it. She had a baby. But, like, you can write a fucking letter when your friend says she's in love. Yeah. That's why Sydney's better. Exactly. He at least responds uh, when he's not... Just running off to Australia. Yeah, to look after his alcoholic friend. Yes. But yeah, no, I didn't love the ending. I just, I needed more from it. And I think that's just something that's missing from that form. Also, she, like, just decided to up and adopt Kit. And I'm like, isn't she, like, the island's baby? I don't know. (laughs) I think you can take her away from the island when she has, like, a whole found family there. Like, all right. Robbie. Yes. Final thoughts. Good story. Wish it had been written differently. Alright. But I'm still going to give it four stars. I'm still going to give it four stars too. Like, I definitely was left wanting, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, Yeah, I think... I, don't I finished want to, it so quick. I don't want to penalise the book and its scores because I wanted more. Like, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, that's a good sign, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it was compelling enough to want more. Yeah. Like, if I'm getting this angry about a book, it surely wasn't bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. And let's announce next month's book for Have you decided? I'm going to go... I'm I'm doing a last-minute decision. Yes, she is. So, for Pride... Do a drum roll? Yes. Uh, We are reading The Gunkle. By Stephen Rowley. Oh, I'm excited. You can get that over there, right? Did you check? Yeah, I think so. It it came up on Amazon. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm excited about this one because we had a lot of options for LGBT month. LGBTQ plus month. Yes. Um, And a lot of them were YA. And I think, like, Lisa pointed out that we've actually not read that much YA. But I think what... I think my hesitancy, but yeah, I think my hesitancy is because I've gotten really into these like adult books with characters that I relate with because they're kind of old like me. And it also, I think, I think like when it's YA, it does focus more on romance. Meanwhile, like with older, like literary books, you know, more adults than young adult books, they focus more on like the relationships and life experiences. And like, it doesn't, there can be like, Yes, there can be romance, but that might not be the focus. And this book doesn't seem like that's the focus. So I think that that will be good, especially when we're talking about Pride, because Pride isn't just for the youngins. No, it's not. It's for us weathered gays as well. Exactly. So, also, but we do need to read, because our other book was about uh, a lesbian relationship. So I was like, we do need to read one of those. So I will be forcing you to read one of those eventually. 
<laughs> I will read a lesbian book at some point, just not this month. Just not this month. We are reading The Gunkle. I'm very excited for it. The Gunkle by, is it Steve Dowsey? Stephen Rowley. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> we will be putting so it tired. up on our on our book, bookshop.org link for you to see. In the U.S. Yes. I mean, they can still see it. <laughs> you, just, you just can't buy anything. Yeah. yeah. I think they're working on it, but we're very excited. Anywho, lovely, lovely listeners, I'm going to pass out. So it's that's us for today. Thank you for reading with us. Thank you for joining us. You can find information on Twitter at WDFCast, at Instagram at We Are Doing Fine, or on Facebook at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. You can also email us at We Are Doing Fine at gmail.com. Like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is our best way of getting new readers. And we do love new readers. Fun to have people join us for Book Club and send us their questions or their thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, until next month, guys. Keep, keep reading, reading fine. fine. Hey.